I got I got a picture somebody sent me the other day. This is during the day that it was cool. It was super cool to get a pair of sweatpants. And you had, now keep in mind, it was a big deal on how you did it. You had to cut them dead even. But you cut, like you put the pant legs over, you measured them, you got them all stretched out to where they were dead even. And you cut the legs off on where you wanted them to fit down, how far you wanted them to go down your legs. And I've got a pair of sweatpants cut off shorts on that are, that look like they're made like that, but they wasn't. They were cut off sweatpants. And I've got a little beeper on my waist. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, uh, I think I still have. I think I still have a pair of those that I wear today. You know, they still fit. Oh so yeah, I, just, I love them. Well, we got Jerry. You found the picture of Mark back in the day wearing the hottie shorts with the beeper on in front of the Mustang. That's classic he, stuff. Yeah, he came down to see me, and uh, I don't know where we were going, but he had a, a great idea for something. He always did. And I snapped that photograph, and it was about 19. That Mustang, I think, was an 88 or 89. Uh, yeah. Black, black in color. And GT 5.0, baby. He oh, was, yeah. like I said, he was standing tall, and you saw the picture and was, was, was pumped up and – uh, gosh, I don't, that's I don't a, know how. That's the picture I'm talking about with the pants and the beeper. I'm sure. Yeah, right okay. Oh, those are sweatpants? Those are sweatpants? Yeah, those are sweatpants. I sent it to you. That's the <laughs> Those are sweatpants. I thought those were like the, the, like the, the, white, the white socks, white shoes on with yes. the blue shorts. Those blue shorts, if you look close, There's... you can see where they, they've been cut. You can see they've been cut off like sweatpants. I thought and, the, I thought those like Larry yeah. Bird style hottie shorts of the seventies, the yeah. basketball. No, those were sweatpants. Sweatpants well, cut off, brother. Mark, just That's to warn you, Jerry's been looking for the albums, and he's slowly, slowly finding pictures bit by bit. And I know Mark has the yeah. pictures as well. I got, I got that. I got. I got. We got to break them out over here, Jerry. We got. We got to come together yeah. and break them out. Break yeah. them out. I get for sure. I get that honestly. His mother and my mother, uh, and I guess their sisters were world champions. They could pull out a photograph from 1971 and tell you where it was and how many people were there. And that, I mean, they were they saved photographs. They uh, they put albums back then, I guess, together for us versus now having them on disc. And they, and and they so actually forth. they actually like on my in my in my photo album closet. I've got about 17, but they're all there. It is. That's it. That's it, brother. And I got to look at the beeper. <laughs> the beeper Amazing. and I, i'm a big boy right and guess where i'm at right there my house the la i'm at the atlanta school of massage right there that's what that is okay i thought i thought that, that point, I, think, I, I think i think i ain't positive. wait a minute wait a minute jerry was telling the truth when he said that Mark Bagwell studied in college to be a masseuse. That was true. I didn't study. I didn't study. I, I graduated number one in my class. Absolutely. So you're I a was, certified I was, masseuse. I was, I'm, a, I'm a certain, no, I'm a certified massage therapist. Massage therapist. Yeah, because they were trying to clean the name up during the time I broke into that business. Because keep in mind, our father and mother were going broke my senior year. 
So my dad comes to us and he goes, look, here's how much money I got. So, you know, what do y'all want to do? Well, my oldest brother wanted to open a gym. My middle brother, he wanted to open a drywall company. And I'm 18 years old. I don't know what the hell I want to do. So I'm thinking sports, 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 sports. But then again, I got a 1.8 grade point average because I'm going to work for my parents. I didn't care what my grade point average was. I care what my batting average was. I was batting 750. And, you know, so I didn't care about nothing but sports. Well, at least with massage therapy, you could go into sports, you know, sports therapy training and maybe become a trainer of some kind for a baseball team or football team. So that's where my brain went. And I thought also by being in shape and with a Southern good-mannered accent, I really thought that it would go for me. And, buddy, I was dead wrong. <laughs> I'd have women walk into the room and see me and walk straight the hell out. And I'd go, wait a minute, where are you going? And they'd be like, no, there's no way. And they would ask for a male. But they didn't ask for this kind of mail, I guess. Really? So when I, when I come walking in, they were like, there's no way I'm taking my clothes on for this cat. So women became, which it makes sense now. Somebody would have told me before I did 10 months of school. Graduated, had to graduate and all that. And we wasted, basically wasted just 10 months of my life, right? Really, to be honest with you. Because um, I went right into that in the wrestling. So but but they they actually would say to me, I finally, I finally, you know, was I wasted ten thousand dollars of my father's money. So I remember asking him, going, "Hey, look," I said, "Just tell the truth." I said, "Tell," I said, "Tell the truth." I said, "What is the deal with?" I said, "What is the deal with you guys saying no?" And they'd say, "I may have some fat on my back, or my my husband would kill me." Um, so I heard all kinds of different stuff, but it all came down to their being uncomfortable being around. I think, because I saw all of these like nerve looking guys making a killing at this business. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to make a killing at this. And it was the exact opposite. It didn't work. <laughs> so the correct term, I looked it up before, Mike, my, my apologies. It's masseur when you're a male, masseuse for a woman, but you're saying massage therapist. Mark, I got to tell you, man, I thought you would be making a killing also. It's the only time I've ever heard a story of a woman saying no to you, but. Yes, it's the only no I've ever got. But if that being said, if if you had had actually hit it off as a massage therapist, the way you'd envision, do you think he still would have gone into wrestling? Oh, I think so. Missy sold it too good. She, what had happened was, is I was at the pool, extremely depressed that the massage therapy thing wasn't working out. I was making money at it, but I wasn't making a living. I wasn't making, a, I, I could tell I wasn't making a living at it. I worked for the number one company in Atlanta. It was called Corporate Sports. It was all of the big time places like Buckhead Athletic Club, the Gwinnett Athletic Club. It was all the big, big clubs, the big expensive clubs. And 
because I, I graduated really high up in my class. So I got a really good job. And so when, when they hired me, I thought, God, I want to get killing at this, you know? And so I'm at the pool one day depressed that it wasn't working out toward, you know, for me. And across the pool where I can't hear what they're saying, I see big boobs and blonde hair across the pool. And I'm thinking, God, who's that good-looking girl, you know? And But really, I'm at the pool just laying out, depressed, trying to figure what I'm going to do with my life. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I come back from the pool, and Missy is actually moving in directly across the hall from me. I even remember our numbers still. I told you. We were 1504 and she was 1505. Don't ask me how I remember it, but I swear to God, that's the numbers. And I just thought, being naive, I thought, how, how weird. Wow, she just happens to be moving in next door to me. That's 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 true. It was a brand new apartment complex called Poplar Place. And it was like the best place to live back then. It was like one of the number one apartment complexes. And so that night, about nine o'clock, not not knock at the door, and it's Missy Hyatt. And she says, she goes, Hey, and, and Tanya, my either fiance or soon-to-be wife, was there. And she said, Hey, can I come in for a minute? And I said, sure, you know. So she comes here, here's this woman comes in. You know, and um, and she was, hey, I'm Missy Hyatt. You know, this and that explains who she is. And we were, and I hate admitting this because I've heard it so many times, and I hate it. But we actually answered what I hate wrestling fans to answer, and they and we answered the question she asked. Well, we don't watch wrestling anymore. We watched when we were younger, which is what I've heard. 10 million times on wrestling. And damn, if we didn't say the exact same thing to Missy, not knowing that any better, which we just told the truth. And she goes, well, she goes, you need to be a wrestler. And I said, Missy, I said, there ain't no damn money in that. And she said, our lowest paid guy makes $100,000 a year. And I said, Let's go back to that one more time. Now, what now? <laughs> and she said, she said, our lowest paid guy makes 100000 a year. And I said, well, let's let's regroup. Let's re-talk about that. And so we talked about it a little bit. And then that's when I went down to Griffin and with with with, with Sarge, you know, Buddy Lee Parker and um and um Joe, Jody Hamilton, which was Nick Patrick's daddy, one of the original assassins and all that. And the first thing Sarge says, he goes, you're, you're not big enough. And you saw that picture of me a minute ago. That was a year and a half before this tryout. I was only like 18 in that picture. And I said, I said, well, I said, well, I'm bigger than Brian Pillman. And Sarge was kind of a smart butt. And he said, yeah, he said, but he said, uh, Brian Pillman can wrestle. And I said, well, how the hell do you know I can't? And he just instantly like shut up and he went like, well, okay, well, it's $3,000. I said, whoa, 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 it's what? 
<laughs> because it's three thousand dollars to go to school, no promises, no guarantees. They uh, just they 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 you give you they just train you, you know. So I came home to Missy and I said, Missy, I said I can't do it. I said three thousand dollars. Well, she found this guy named Steve the Brawler Lawler. <laughs> Trick or treat, smell my feet, and boo! I scared you. That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's what he said. Remember? He would work. He would work you. Brawler Steve would work you over till you were almost dead. And he'd look at the referee dead in the face and said, he'd say, ask him, or what's the matter with him, ref? That was a big, yeah, yeah. That was a big deal. But but there was a yeah, Halloween also, thing we were doing. There was the Halloween thing that y'all came and saw me at Sparkles. Y'all came and saw me. And that's the one, that's the interview where he said, let me, he said, Fabian, my man, he said, trick or treat. Smell my feet and boo, I scared you. And I wrestled him and won the belt from him at that spark thing y'all came to. That was a big deal. Jerry, um, what, Jerry, big deal. Jerry I was going to ask I you, what, what, what was your reaction when Mark first came to you and told you, I I'm going to be a professional wrestler? You know what? I want to look into this. What was your reaction? Do you recall? Wow, absolutely. Like it was yesterday. And uh, I was like, I mean, just wow, bro, that's you. And I mean, that was, um, you know, he'd done it all from the time he was, you know, two or three years old to the time he was 18, 19, 20. He'd already played all the sports. He was athletic. I knew he could do it. Um, I just didn't know, you know, the ins and outs of it and everything learning. And uh, by far, he just, uh, he took it and he ran with it. But, but, but hearing that, I said, I guess sort of similar to what he said. I was like, there isn't any money in that. I mean, is there? Is Mr. Wrestling number one and Mr. Wrestling number two and Dusty Rhodes make $7 million a year, $5 million? Do they? And then, hey, about five years we progressed, you know, and then, I mean, sitting on top of the world, I just, I do. I, I, we didn't expect anything less. Let's let's put it like that. What about Big Steve and Big Jude? You know, and you could do it in the voices, by the way, because I know apparently you do the best Judy Bagwell <laughs> known to man. You gotta but... get a Judy one. Not doing that one. You got to. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. I mean, I do them both, but uh, Big Steve is like a dad to me, and he, uh, um, like I say, he's great. Uh, we deer hunt. Uh, we deer. I mean, of course, you know. Mark knows uh, we take it very seriously. We deer hunt every day from the beginning of September till about February the 10th uh, on our farms down here and uh, over in Alabama. And we, uh, uh, Mark's a great hunter as well, as I, as I talked about. But Big Steve would always, uh, he would always uh, either call you and leave a message. And he would always, he wanted to tell you the time, the day, and he never could remember the day. He'd always started out with, hey, buddy, it's me. I think I got your voicemail. Um, 2.30 on Tuesday. Hang on, man. Mom. And he was calling out to Judy yeah. saying, but Mom, Mama wasn't even there. Is today, is today Tuesday, Mom? Yeah, uh, Tuesday. Uh, what about giving me a shout when you uh, – 
get a chance. There was something I was going to ask you, and I can't remember at every single <laughs> every message. Every time he'd say something like, you couldn't remember it. He, he, he knew what the hell he was calling for. Yep. He just always, that was always just his lingo of conversation. Even to this day, when I talked to my father, we ended with him going, Hold on a minute. There was something I was going to ask you. Uh, let me think about that for a minute. God dang it. I hate when I do that. I, let me think about it for a minute here. So he's always big on, I don't know whether it's something he's uncomfortable saying by or what it may be, but my dad, and Jerry will tell you, is one of the cooler, coolest 75-year-old year old men you've ever met in your entire life and yeah. or 76 whatever he is but still he's one of the cooler mid 70 year old men on the face of this planet period period and, period and, so and but, period. but he's got some kind of weird thing that he's got about saying bye to where he always has to say it was something else i was going to ask you and and you never hear back yeah. from him going hey i remember what that was or nothing That's, like that it's always well, just something he's just a little a little thing he does We'll tell you the reason he, he quoted the day and the time is, you may remember, is he was writing that down in his book. Yes. So he knew it. So you said. So if you didn't well, call no, him no, back, no, you, you can say, look, I wrote it right here, like, like a I'll cell phone. Yeah, sure, sure. Just like and, a cell phone, except there wasn't cell phones back then. And I got to ask you, Jerry, how did Judy react at the time knowing that Mark would be going into wrestling? Do you recall uh, that? She was she was ecstatic um, by far. Um, uh, he loves his dad, but he he was a mama's he wasn't a mama's boy, yeah. but he was close to he was close to his mother. Yeah, and, I was as, as was and as was I, and uh, like a mother to me. And I remember talking to her about it, and and she agreed as well. And she was very optimistic, and I think that's where we get it from. Um, if the world ended tomorrow, Mark could paint a picture and say, well, it's not going to be that bad, though. You know, it's great. It's, you know, it's one of those things. And she was the same way. And she was so optimistic about it and wanted him to do so well that, you know, the, the dream she had. And he took that again and he ran with it. And uh, I know I talked to her about it in the latter years with her. And uh, she was very proud. And she was. And how great is it that she did get to live to see you, Mark, at the at the peak of the Buff era? Well, not only that, you got to be on TV with me. She got to. She was in the match with me <laughs> when I beat Rowdy Roddy Piper. I mean, she put the jug, she put the bucket on Rowdy Roddy Piper's head right before I hit Piper with the blockbuster. You know, with boxing gloves on. So who I gets mean, to do that? To, yeah. she, she got to be a big part of, of the whole thing. So it was great to see her. Yeah. in that you know i was nobody saying is, nobody i was saying with jerry that the truth is judy was so good it's a blessing and a curse because on the one hand she was so believable but then the legend kind of grew into the urban legend of well judy called vince mcmahon and all this stuff because people could believe yeah. it because she was people so good at it. it but who the hell believes that people are that dumb but yeah it was believable because she was such a good actress on tv right yes they believed it i mean i i that's when i lost all faith I remember like it was yesterday being in my mansion, you know, $1.3 million mansion that I built from the ground up and going downstairs and them showing me my, my first computer I ever looked at. And my exact words were, I saw this and you know, you remember how, you remember how big computers used to be. 
they were gigantic. You know, this big white box in my in my desk, on my in my office, in my mansion. And I said, I said, wait a minute. I said, you mean to tell me I can be anybody I want to be on this box? And the person teaching me about the computer goes, yeah, like real excited. And I said, it'll never work. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> it worked. But I just didn't believe that people would really believe things like, I got my mother to call in, you know, Absolutely. I, I mean, why, why, why would I do that? Trying to get into the WWF at the time, not WWE, bro, the WWF. I'm trying to get into the WWF and make a name for myself again and get over in this business. And I'm going to call my, keep mine. I just wrestled Booker T with 25 staples in my head on live TV from Helms hitting me with that water bottle. Why would I back out of three house shows before the next Nitro or no next sense. Raw? It just makes no sense at all. It's just, it was set up. I'm telling you, it was set up for failure. There's no reason me and Booker should have wrestled in Tacoma, Washington. No reason whatsoever. In seven days, we were going to be in Atlanta, Georgia. And instead, they put me and Booker in Tacoma, Washington, seven days before what they're going to call the first match of the invasion. Why not invade Ted Turner's backyard at Phillips Arena with Booker T and Buff Bagwell and have the roof come off the place when we come out? No, that makes too much sense. Let's say that his mother called and got him out of these shows and we gave them a chance and they blew it. And, you know, and, and it just, it just, we knew it was over a week before the crowd did. So well, they, they wouldn't have done that, you know? Right. And that's where Judy being the star and being so believable was a blessing and a curse. Jerry, just for people right. to understand, you know, watching this worldwide and understanding even North America, different cities, what was Buff Daddy presence in Atlanta like compared to the rest of the country? Oh, bro. Wow. Um, I guess he and I living together, you know, uh, during that early period and going to, I would have to, you know, it didn't matter. I mean, mostly his ideas, that's where we went. You know, he had the, great, the best ideas. But if I said something like, uh, I got a good idea. Let's go to the mall. We couldn't go to the mall. We couldn't go to eat. We could, we had to get takeout. We couldn't, it was a craze. It was, you know, it was, it was unreal. We, and keep in mind now, uh, he, he didn't mind signing the autographs for the kids or, or whatever, but it just, it was like, you know, going to see Santa Claus on the 24th and you hadn't seen him yet. You're going to be in a line for a little while. And then we ended up with going to buy clothes or whatever, you know, I'd accidentally conned him into buying us. We, we didn't even go buy anything because we were there three hours mm -hmm. and he was, are you Buff Bagwell? Uh, yeah. Oh, hey, Marcus. And then a friend, then a friend of a friend. Then, uh, yeah, I realize like Jerry's talking about, I got, when you get popular in the town you grew up in, you automatically graduated with everybody. You played baseball with everybody. You played football with everybody. And nine times out of 10, they were lies. 
I mean, I remember like it was yesterday, this one guy one day, I was at the gym and he looked at me and, and for some reason I'm I'm very I'm very seldom ever ill to my fans, ever. And I was in a bad mood this day. I remember it vividly. And he said, and this guy he was kind of bawling me. He kind of kept bawling me. And I didn't say anything. I didn't say nothing to the guy. And finally he said, um, didn't say hey, didn't hey, my name's so and so. He shook my hand, didn't do none of that. He just goes, You graduated with a buddy of mine. And I said, I said, Yeah. I said, I graduated with everybody in Cherokee County. And he said, he goes, No, 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 no. He goes, You you really did graduate with my buddy. And so I backed off. I said, Oh, well, I said, Well, I apologize. I said, well, this is how you always catch somebody in a lie with the graduation one is what year? So I said, well, what what year what year did he graduate? He went, 77. And I said, how old do I look, bro? I said, shit, I graduated in 88. And, he, and the guy was devastated that his buddy had lied to him. He said, my friend lied to me. I said, by 11 years. Shoo. I said, bro. I, so it's really tough when you get when you get popular in a town. Like, like I go to TV, for example, with Mick Foley's and Steve Austin's and Rick Rude's and Steens and Luger's. And they'd go, bro, who have you not graduated with? Because they get, get seen out in Atlanta. And somebody would go, Hey, I, I graduated with Buff Bagwell, you know? And so they'd always come to TV and go, who in the hell have you not graduated with? And I That's said, bro, you know how that is. I mean, it's yeah. people just want to be part of it. Say they were part or, of the team and part on the baseball together and all that stuff. It, just, it was crazy, though. In addition to that, uh, being a family, uh, us together, we would also get uh, – Mark would be paying for the meal or something, and I'd be off to the side, and he said, uh, that's, that's, that's Buff Bagwell. Said, yeah, I, I'm kin to him. I said, Bob, oh. we knew everybody, every family member, every everything. Yeah. Really. How, how, are you, how are you kin to him? Um, well, not really kin, kin, but my dad actually knew his dad from a long time ago, and then he yeah. said something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, – it was, it was, it was fun. A story. You know, we, we ran with it, you know, and it was cool. And But uh, exactly, you, you hit it dead on the head for sure. Yes. Now, before we sum up today's chapter, one of the segues is uh, in understanding the real Mark Bagwell and a wrestling docuseries and where this was born from, this actually was a brainchild of ours in talking as I got to meet Jerry through Mark and saying, you know, there's a lot of BS on the internet and people put all sorts of headlines and everybody thinks they know Mark, they think they know Buff. Let's really meet the stories. Let's really see the person for who he is, you know? For all those stories that we're talking about, for example, of fans, I've never heard Mark not stopping to sign an autograph, not Mark not stopping to take a picture. Like if anything, overgiving. And I was saying, if I have to say what Mark Bagwell's greatest weakness, Mark behind your back saying it, is not saying no. Like he doesn't know how to say no because he likes to please people. And that's the kind of guy he is. And as the series was developing, we launched the episode. As we say hello to a new series, we were saying goodbye to an old series. And fans were writing to me and asking me, what's going on with Mark? We're not seeing him. 
because he's not up on, on the net very often uh, in the last few weeks. And that's where people now understanding, you know, Mark had this series of rebuilding buff. We are now saying goodbye to that series. And Mark felt very, very important. He wanted to reach out to tell everybody, hey, he already sent out a message on YouTube, but also saying thank you for supporting and watching Rebuilding Buff, looking for Mark every week. He appreciates the fandom. Mark, people have been writing in as we started the Real Mark Bagwell series saying, you look amazing. Love hearing the stories. That's the Mark we know. Let's keep it going. And the response has been fantastic. And the positivity and the fans are really encouraging. And getting to see real family here, seeing Jerry. We'll dig up other friends and family. And people are really excited when saying goodbye to Rebuilding Buff and seeing you on a new series. That's great. I'm so excited. It's your idea. And I appreciate it so much. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's really, you know, I, I always think of a good series, guys. It's very simple. It's as if all of us are sitting, you know, at, at a restaurant, we're swapping stories, sitting on the high table, and people are pulling up their chairs to our table, and they get to share in these stories. If we were all on a three-way phone call, we'd be having the same conversations. Let's share everybody. Let's get them to hear what we're talking about. That's, hey, that's how, when I ate lunch at Spraybray High School, that's how it used to be. You had a lunch table, and you had a circle of chairs around the lunch table. Okay, around my lunch table. Then you had a second row of chairs. And that was, you know, they were still friends and everything, but they were just a little bit less in the group. Then you had your third row of chairs around the lunch table. And it and it and it it just drew everybody, like you're saying, it drew everybody together to talk and having fun and talking with each other and being part of something that was fun, which was Mark Bagwell's life, and 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 that's what it was back then, even because it was storytelling and break lights and fist <laughs> fights and Bagwell slaps, and and it was just crazy. It was just crazy stories. I'm gonna warn you, Mark. Though I I told Jerry already, and Jerry's got the notepad. As the stories are popping in his mind, he's keeping notes, and we're gonna have future stories because there's a lifetime of stories here. Like you guys live a very chosen, interesting life. Like it's yes. it's very obvious. And each of you are such a great storyteller, but seeing you combine as storytellers, this is the ultimate. Like this is masterpiece yeah. theater as far as I'm concerned. So <laughs> more it. stories to come. We're gonna sure. find we're gonna find those albums, see those pictures of Mark growing up and seeing him in those hottie shorts and the uh, flexing shirts <laughs> and the beepers and those Mustangs. It's great stuff. And we're looking forward to seeing those pictures and really seeing, understanding the childhood of growing up as Mark Bagwell, understanding we'll who that it. person is. And then knowing the Mark Bagwell that is today and the Mark Bagwell in the future, because 2022, we made a deal, Mark. It's your year, baby. It's only going to get better. Everybody watch out because to the moon, that's the only place he's headed. Let's do it all the way, baby. All the way. Jerry, is always a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time and sharing always. your interest and insights. It's good, it's good to see you, Jerry. Yeah, you too. We'll catch you up here in a little bit. Okay, buddy. I love you. We love you too, Mark. And thank you again for your time and for giving for the fans. And we're excited about where we're headed. All right, guys. Y'all be cool. Peace. Peace out.